The earth is full of his unfailing love. Psalm 33 says that about God. The earth is full of his unfailing love. It's like it's overflowing. Do you believe that? It might be easier to believe today, having seen the, the baptism of Julia and experiencing the joy of that, that wonderful experience. But my guess is there's also some things that are challenging that notion in our belief this time of year during this specific year. There's so much fear going around. Of course, there's the normal sort of fears. You know, there's arachnophobia, the fear of spiders, or aerophobia, the fear of flying in airplanes, or glossophobia, the fear of speaking in public. But then this time of year, there's also some kind of seasonal fears that can take over I've read about. Uh, Papyrophobia is the fear of paper or wrapping paper. Dendrophobia is the fear of trees or Christmas trees. Cellophobia is the fear of lights or blinking lights. I hope this isn't causing anybody any problems at home. Then there's phasmophobia, the fear of ghosts or the ghost of Christmas past, or keanophobia, not the fear of Keanu Reeves, it's the fear of snow. But then my guess is there's some serious fears that people are experiencing right now as well, especially during this pandemic. There's agoraphobia, the fear of open spaces or crowded spaces with people all around, hephophobia, the, the fear of touch, or even pathophobia, the fear of germs. So many fears going around these days, and yet the earth is full of God's unfailing love. Do you believe that? I think it might have been hard for Joseph and Mary to believe that during that first Christmas time. I think their corner of the earth seemed full of fear. You read in Luke chapter 2 in the Christmas story that in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. Imagine this, their government mandated where they should go and what they should do. My guess is you felt some of that this year. Their governor was making a list and checking it twice, and he was going to find out who was naughty and nice. They were forced to travel. Verse 4, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Well, Mary, of course, is pregnant. And so now she's having to travel by foot or perhaps on the back of a donkey, if the movies are to be believed, 90 miles uphill to meet this mandate. Can you imagine a trip like that in a late-term pregnancy? Your back aching, your body aching, your feet swollen, your ankles swollen, everything swollen. And yet while they were there, verse 6, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to a firstborn, a son. What wonderful news. But then again, isn't this an out-of-network birth? I mean, insurance is going to pay for this. Can you imagine the cost associated with it? And yet she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Well, isn't that just swell? There is no room for them. Call this the first socially distanced Christmas. I don't know about you, but when I read that Christmas story again this year with fresh eyes, I I sort of came to this conclusion that, that honestly, I just don't know how to live in an uncomfortable time, a time that feels so out of my control. Do you know what I mean? 
I mean, just to be honest with you, I, I, I scratch my head, you know, as medical advisors half a country away are shaping decisions that we make in our corner of the world, or I, I throw up my hands sometimes in frustration as I hear press conferences determine what I can do and where I can go and how I live my life these days. To be honest, the pandemic hasn't ruined my life, but it's made it uncomfortable. And that discomfort can make way for fear. I fear for my family, my 95-year-old grandmother's health, my, my son's education, the once-in-a-lifetime high school events they're missing out on. I, I fear for our community, for restaurants closing and businesses shrinking. I fear for our church family. So many of you longing to be here together during this Christmas season, others wishing to be far away until all this has passed, but all of us scattered right now. I'm a little embarrassed to admit it. I wish I was tougher than this, but I just don't know how to live with this discomfort day after day after day. Do you? I guess the question for me is, how can we have a merry COVID Christmas this year? Well, this Christmas couple, Mary and Joseph, I felt all of this and so much more, of course. Nothing went as planned for them, not their engagement, not the spirit-conceived child, not the government mandate to travel, not their birthplace, not the naming of the child, not even the first place they laid his head. It was all outside of their control. It was uncomfortable, and even that discomfort brought fear. Look at their first guests. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They literally feared a mega fear. And who can blame them? I mean, here they are, these shepherds just out in the field at night, working the graveyard shift, watching the sheep, trying to keep a roof over their heads and food in their stomachs. When this amazing night explodes in brilliance and the angel stands before them, I mean, talk about uncomfortable They weren't ready for that. They weren't dressed for the occasion. They had dirt under their fingernails. They had lamb's wool on their cloaks. They smelled like sheep. And yet the disruption of their day was a visit from the divine. God came close. God came near just as they were, uncomfortable, full of angst, full of fear. God came down. And he can do the same for you. Do you believe it? Let's be honest. This is the way Christmas always feels in a way to me. There's always a grab bag of both this discomfort and fear, but also something of God's amazing love. There, there's somehow a little bit of both always tugging at the holiday season. Great joy and, and terrible grief. It's, you know, baking cookies with your kids, laughing in the kitchen, And it's also for some yelling at their ex-husband about who's going to get those kids and when during this season. It's opening gifts and and being amazed at wonderful generosity and also realizing that Visa is going to be your best friend in 2021. It's complaining about, you know, family members or travel, and yet it's also realizing that the earth is full of God's unfailing love. Even the story of the historic Santa Claus has both elements of of discomfort and fear, but also peace and love. Born in 280 A.D., Nicholas, that we know of as St. Nicholas now, was born in a village of Patara in what is modern-day Turkey and was born to wealthy parents who brought him up to love God. It was a peaceful childhood. 
However, at one point, both of his parents suddenly died in an epidemic of all things, and he was left as an orphan. Fear, discomfort, turmoil. But as he began to grow up, he was left with a large amount of wealth, and he wanted to use that for good. And he met this family in his town, a father who had three daughters who suddenly became very destitute. They were poverty-stricken. Great grief struck them. The father was so concerned because in those days, you couldn't marry your daughters off without dowry, without funds to be able to do it, and he didn't have the ability to do it. So his daughters would have been sent off into a life of poverty at best, or slavery at worst. And yet, in the midst of that turmoil, on three different occasions, a bag of gold was mysteriously appearing in their home when it was time for their daughters to be married. Nicholas anonymously was said to have placed uh, the funds in their house. Some say he threw it down the chimney. Others say he threw it through an open window and it landed in stockings that were drying by the fire. But in any case, he helped a family with his generosity. Peace. After a pilgrimage to Palestine and Egypt, Nicholas felt called into ministry. He would later become the bishop of Myra in modern-day Turkey, Uh, peaceful ministry. But in 303 AD, the Roman emperor uh, Diocletian ordered the persecution of Christians. And so Nicholas was then arrested by magistrates. He was tortured. He was chained up. He was beaten so often his skin took on a raw tone, red, turmoil, discomfort, fear. But then again, the Edict of Milan, Emperor Constantine ordered the end of church persecution. Christians were released, as well as Nicholas, and there was peace again. Do you see a peace and discomfort? Once during his ministry, Arius began teaching against John 1.1 that uh, Jesus was a created being who had, had not existed from all eternity, and the story goes that Nicholas attended the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD and got into such a heated debate with Arius about this heresy that the, the floor of the council was shut down when Nicholas slapped Arius right in front of everybody. Wow. The historic St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, punched a man in the face because he was a heretic of the gospel. Santa Claus punched somebody. Talk about bellicose. That gives a whole new meaning to the song lyric. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. And I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, buddy. But both then and now, there's plenty of turmoil and division, and angst, and discomfort, and anger, and doubt. There's fear. Just like Mary and Joseph in that first Christmas, like those shepherds out on the field in the first Christmas, just like you in 2020. But listen, the very place that was so uncomfortable and brought such fear, is the exact same place where God met them. God came down, down to earth, and he met them right there. And of all places, a manger. And he can do it again for you this Christmas season. Do you believe it? I wonder what fears are accompanying you as we think about this manger together this Christmas season. There's all kinds of fears. Maybe for you right now, it's autophobia, the fear of being alone. Maybe it's claustrophobia, the fear of being confined in a room or a tight space. Maybe it's echophobia, the fear of home. You're so sick of being home and afraid of life outside of the home. Maybe for me, it's uh, 
uh, ephibophobia, which is the fear of teenagers, honestly, just being locked in the house with them. But I wonder what fears you're experiencing. Verse 10, in the Christmas story, the angel of the Lord said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God. And listen to what they said. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. God came down in peace, transformed their fear. Discomfort gave way to his favor. God showed up right where his people were, right where they needed him, and reminded them that the earth is full of his unfailing love. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? That God can stoop down to you right now, wherever you are, in the midst of this season, in the midst of this year, and he can remind you that his unfailing love is full all over the earth, right around you. He did it for shepherds. They gave up trembling in the field for praising God around a manger. He did it for the first time parents. Mary went from a government-mandated journey to treasuring up all these things in her heart. He can do it for you. Do you believe it? If you're still having trouble, think of, think of Paul. Paul was uncomfortable. Paul maybe at times had to question the fact that the earth is full of God's unfailing love. Imagine A.D. 62 in Philippi, languishing in the dark recesses of a prison cell. There were these other preachers around who were talking, talking, talking to stir up trouble for him. The hostility of kind of unbelieving neighbors was coming against the church. They worried about their businesses collapsing under social pressure. Their reputations were folding They they worried about the health of loved ones. Epaphroditus almost died. And all that worry and discomfort gave way to fear and and division and conflict. Euodia and Synecdoche had to be singled out in his letter to get along with one another. There's just so much to be uncomfortable about. And so Paul responds with this brilliant revelation, I think plucked right from the Christmas morning story. He says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How can we have a merry COVID Christmas? I think Rainey says it right from Paul's words. He puts it this way. He says, the way to be anxious about nothing is to be prayerful about everything. Present your request to God, Paul says. He pleads with his fearful congregation, and he even uses a Christmassy word. Present is a word in Greek that means to make known or to make information available. It's the same word used of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2 when they told others they made known what they found in the manger story. Just as these terrified shepherds found peace in a manger and and, and made it known, so you too, too can meet this Savior, and you can make your fears known to him. And find his peace. And when you do, Paul says, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The way from fear to peace meets at a manger. And fear can flee. Whatever your fears are. Cholerophobia, the fear of clowns, 
Santa-phobia, the fear of Santa. Fears flee because you can say to this God who has come down to earth and who is very, very close and you can trust him with all your discomfort and find his peace. The earth is full of his unfailing love, Psalm 33 says. And it goes on to say this, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. He comes close to dole out peace when the world screams fear. This morning as we look forward this week to the beautiful celebration of Christmas, why don't you just close your eyes for a moment? I want to lead you in kind of a moment of prayer. And, and, and first, I want you just to close your, your eyes as we meet around this manger of the Christmas story. And I want you to hear from God this morning. I want you to hear him say to you these words that Eugene Peterson translates in Philippians 4. Would you hear him say, don't fret, don't worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting me know your concerns, God says. Before you know it, a sense of my wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Do you hear it? Christ comes close and you can trust him with what's bothering you. As we continue in this prayer, let me invite you to just close your eyes and for the next few moments, wherever you are, just hand over to God these worries, this discomfort, this fear that you have. Go ahead and pray, pray to him. And finally, let's conclude by praying this truth. Let me invite you just to say these words after me, wherever you're at this morning. Just say, Holy Jesus, my fear is yours now. Guard me in your peace. The earth is full of your unfailing love. Help me to see it this Christmas time. Amen.